Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. So most of you guys should know, um, who haven't been on holiday, that the topic we've been covering this month is there is more. Now, how awesome is that? There is more. Now, I believe that this is a promise over us, so I believe we need to proclaim it over us. And just to make sure you guys are awake and with me, I want you guys to say it with me. There is more. more. Not bad, but let's just put a little bit of energy, a little bit of, you know, I'm pretty sure most of you guys, when you go to concerts, you can cheer louder than that. When you go to sporting carnivals, you can cheer. So let's just put a little bit of uh, attitude behind it. There is more. Hey, that's more like it. Awesome. There is more. And this is based off the verse Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to the power that is, that is in work, working within us. Now I don't know if you're anything like me when I read or I hear a verse. It kind of goes in one ear and out the other. So I like to repeat it. So I'm going to repeat it for you guys as well. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than what we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. What an awesome verse that one is. And that is what today is going to be based off. So I want to ask you, family, what are you asking for? I just want you guys to take a moment and actually think, what are you asking for? And if you're struggling to think about what you're asking for, maybe just look at your prayer life because that's normally a good indicator. What are you asking for? Perhaps you're asking for a pay rise, or maybe you're asking for a girlfriend. No judgment, I'm just saying, just putting it out there. Maybe you're looking for a new job, yeah, new year, new job, or maybe you've had pain in your back that's stopping you from doing a lot of things and you really want healing for that. Maybe that's what you're asking for. I want to ask you also, what are you imagining? So what have you been thinking about? What do you dream about? So perhaps you're imagining that one day you can just wake up and actually be excited about going to work. Or maybe you are just wanting to not go from living every week paycheck to paycheck. Or maybe you love sport and because you've had back problems you haven't been able to play, so you're just imagining getting back on the field and playing rugby with your mates. What are you imagining for? Family, I want to encourage you that what it says in God's word, whatever we ask and whatever we imagine, God can do immeasurably more than that. So let's just say we are here. This is what we ask for. These are our desires. This is what we're thinking about, our dreams. It says in Ephesians 3.20 that God can do immeasurably more than that. Now, that is something worth getting excited about. But you know what? As Christians, I think that we kind of know that there is more. I look out here, and there are people who've been walking with God longer than I've probably been alive. So I'm actually going to take a little twist on today, and I feel like to share something slightly different. I think that we as Christians know that there is more. Our very faith is based on it. We believe that Jesus died for us, that he took our place, that he rose, that he has defeated the enemy. He's given us eternal life. Now, that in itself shows that there is more. But I think that there's an issue, there's a disconnect between what we know and the reality that we live. What I mean by that is you can read the Word of God, but unless you apply it to your life, it doesn't have true power. And it's not going to change you. It's not going to change other people's lives. It's not going to have any transformation. It needs to actually be applied to your life. So that's what we're going to start sharing about today. 
So my question is, what stops us from taking hold of all that God has for us? We, we read in his word, he has promises, he says there is more for us, that he has an abundant life for us. Why is it sometimes we find it hard to access that and live in that? Well, I'm putting it down to three main things, and that is fear, offense, and pride. Now, if you're anything like me, I'm a visual learner, so I'm going to try to illustrate this visually, so just come along on a journey with me. Um, so if my helper could uh, help me, that would be great. Thank you so much. Yes, Beansy. Awesome. Okay, so the first, first one I'm going to speak about is fear. Okay, so just for my uh, demonstration, I'm going to start from this point, and let's just imagine that the life that God has for us is like on this side. Now, it's not like a one point. It's not just like a one destination. God is infinite, and so is life, and he wants us to go on a journey. So it's kind of like from there onwards, hopefully that makes sense. So I'm going to start from here. And what fear does is it stops you from taking a step forward. What it does is it actually makes you stay where you are. See, fear says things like, ah, it's, it's too hard to change. Or sometimes fear says, you know what, I'm kind of like life the way it is. It kind of convinces you that you're content and satisfied. Sometimes fear actually looks like procrastination. And sometimes fear actually looks like indecisiveness. Now, I know because if I was to say out of the three, fear is probably the one I resonate with the most. I listened to this Joyce Meyer um, sermon a few years ago, and she was talking about indecisiveness. And she said, being indecisive is like standing in the middle of a really busy road. You're more likely to get hit. So the better thing to do is actually choose a side. See, being indecisive, not making a decision, is actually a decision. It's just a very poor decision and not one based on courage. It says in God's word that he didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. And as Christians, that is the life we are meant to live. So I want to give you an example. Um, when I joined uni, when I started uni, I moved out of home, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start being healthy. At this point, I was like, eat ice cream for breakfast kind of a person. Exercise, like, yuck, it made me feel sick. So God has done some good things in my life since then. I kind of like exercise now. But let's go back to that, that point. Um, I was like, okay, I want to get healthier. And my sister said, hey, why not join the gym? So we went up to the gym, and as I was there, I was looking around, I saw all this equipment that I had no idea what, like, how to use it, what its use was, and then I just saw heaps and heaps of fit people. So uh, I was like, you know what? I don't know how to use the equipment, for starters, and no, I'm not going to be around this. I'm way unfit. This is going to be embarrassing. It's not going to work out good. So rather than take that step forward into having a healthier lifestyle, which God does want for us, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of good here, I'm happy here, let's just stay here, it's too hard to change. And I chose to stay here. And fear is like being stuck in the mud. Anyone play that game before, stuck in the mud? Yeah. Now, it's a pretty fun game, except for when you get caught. So when you get caught, if you haven't played the game, you are stuck, and uh, it's pretty miserable because you pretty much can't do anything, and you wait there until someone saves you, if they save you. And I was thinking about this. If this is what fear is like in our life, we are stuck. We can't advance forward. We can't truly grow. We can't truly enter into what God has for us when we are living in fear. We are stuck in it. And to make matters worse, we can't help other people as well. We can't help people get closer to God. We can't help people get closer to what he has for them when we are just stuck here in this position. Not a good place to be. The second one is offense. Now, offense can take all different shapes and forms, can start off really small and grow into something big. 
Offense could be a little disagreement that you had with a friend. Offense could be something that you, had in, you heard in church that you didn't agree with, but rather than go and pray about it or talk to a mentor or a pastor about it, you just took it on board and was like, you know, I don't like the church and everything in it and everything about it. Offense starts off very, very small. But offense is very dangerous because I see offense kind of like a chain. Now, as you can see, I don't have a chain. I have a rope, but just bear with me. Use your imagination. See, what happens is when you are living in offense, it is hard to move forward with your life because your past dictates your future. Every time you start to move forward, you do move forward, but you stop and you can't go any further. It continues to drag you back. Now, most of you know that I like to dance. Um, and when I was in Brisbane, I was dancing at a studio there. And every term they had like a showcase night. And one of the teachers, um, she was coming up with a routine, but you had to be invited to be in her particular dance. So we were all excited, you know, she's going around and asking everyone. All my friends got selected, but uh, I unfortunately didn't. And I remember being really caught up about it. I was like, wow, okay. And I thought maybe she just forgot, maybe she's gonna ask me, but she never did. And I remember that one moment just changed my whole attitude. I chose to be really offended by it. My whole attitude towards my friends, the dance teacher, the studio, dance, myself changed after that. And I remember I was going to class, you know, as you normally do. I'm enjoying the class. And at the end of the class, they would say, if you want to get up and do, like, you want to do the dance as a class in front of everyone, you can. And I would go to, but then I'd be like, you know what? Why would I? Like, I'm not as good. Like, I obviously wasn't selected. Why should I get up? Or, you know what? No, stuff them. I'm not going to. I'm not going to share my gifts with everyone. And so I would stop here. And I could only get so far. And unfortunately, that offense kept on bringing me back. It's not a good place to be. And the third one is pride. Now, pride is like advancing forward, but without guidance. And what happens is it's easy to stumble. See, pride is like that voice inside your head that says, uh, I got this, or my way's better. Pride is when you don't want to be accountable, or when you don't want to submit to leadership, or you don't want to surrender yourself to God fully. You constantly are just like kind of in, kind of not. See, this is what... <laughs> This is what uh, pride is like. It's like being blinded or wearing an eye mask. Bear with me one sec. <laughs> no, I purposely got rid of the obstacles because I didn't want to hurt myself. Um, okay, so a few years back, this guy started to show interest in me. And I was like, and sorry, it's, let me just say, it's definitely not my awesome husband now. This was before, before then. So this guy started taking interest in me. Hang on, I'm just gonna lift this up for now, because I wanna say, <laughs> sorry, I didn't think that through. I wanna see your faces, then I'll show you. Um, and I was like, oh, hey, you know, it's kind of nice to be noticed. It's kind of nice to have someone like you. And I was like, okay, cool. Very soon into the conversations, I realized this guy doesn't love Jesus. And I loved Jesus. I wasn't. Um, but I continued on with this relationship, I guess you could say. Um, and at that time, I wasn't a part of this church. I didn't have amazing friends around me. I didn't have amazing mentors who could speak life into me and speak a bit of sense into me. And, you know, it was kind of that, you know, flirt to convert, which do not do that if you ever think of doing that. It's not good. I kind of was like, oh, he'll come around one day. But no, God first, always God first. And um, especially when it comes to relationships. And so I... Okay, now I'll put the mask on. Okay, so I was kind of like going through, and I couldn't see where I was going. I was like, yeah, God, I got this. You know, I'm wise in my own eyes. And unfortunately, now just pretend there is something 
Oh yeah, here. Unfortunately, I ended up stumbling. Things didn't work out, thank the Lord. Um, but I was hurt and I was disappointed. Something that could have been avoided if I wasn't wearing my pride glasses or eye mask and if I was listening to God. Now, his Holy Spirit, whilst I didn't have mentors in my life, the greatest wisdom is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was talking to me very loudly, but I was like, sorry, Holy Spirit, I ain't got time to listen to you. And so I learned from that as you do. So this is what happens, fear offense, pride, all of these things, it stops us from advancing forward and taking hold of what God has for us. And can I just say, we're not going to end there because we serve a God of solutions, a God of answers, and he is the answer. So we've spoken about some of the barriers that can stop us from entering into there is more. What is the solution? What, do, what can we do about these things? Well, I think the answer is actually found in the verse itself. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Right there, God's power at work within us. It's not our power. It's not our strength. It's not our wisdom. It's God's. And if you have a, everyone has a calling on your life and you can't fulfill that calling without God. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared for us in advance to do. God is all up in that verse right there. God, God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, God prepared in advance for us to do. So if you are trying to fulfill your purpose away from God, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you're not going to get very far. And don't mistake in success for fulfillment because they're very two different things. There's a lot of people in this world who are successful, a lot of people who have achieved much, but they are empty. And God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to be fulfilled. He wants us to live meaningful lives that actually impact other people in a positive way. He, ultimately, his will is that his kingdom would come, and we are all a part of that. So we're going to go to the Bible, because that's always a good place to go to, um, to actually look at, okay, so... Can we see someone's life who's done this well? Now, one thing that I like about reading is that you can go and learn from other people. People who've been there and done that, rather than sometimes having to do it yourself, you can kind of look at people's lives and kind of get like a basic gist of what to do and what not to do. So we're going to look at two people from the Bible. One person who lived in God's power well, and another person who lived in his own, his own power. Um, so we're going to look at Saul and we're gonna look at Joshua. And I'll let you guys, you'll figure out very soon who is who. Um, so Saul, we're talking about King Saul. Um, so I'm not gonna go into massive depths in the story. I think most of you guys know it, but I am gonna pick up on one point in particular. So Saul, it says in God's word that Saul was appointed and anointed by him. He wasn't exactly someone that you would think would have become king, but God chose him to be king. And it said that God actually changed his heart and he became king. And things were quite good for a time. So what happened? Um, we go to 1 Samuel chapter 15. It says, now go and attack, this is God speaking to Saul, now go and attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them, put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkey, donkeys. So this is the command that he has given to Saul. So Saul and his men, they go out, they kill everybody, all the men, all the children, everyone except they keep the king alive and they bring him back. They kill all the cattle, all the sheep, all the donkey, except a few cattle and sheep that they were like, hey, these are good cattle and sheep. Let's bring some of them back. Let's sacrifice some to God and let's keep some from ourselves. Now, in this situation, 
and a lot of other situations in Saul's life, Saul chose his way. He thought he knew what was best. He didn't obey God. He chose his way. And God does not take well to this. So ultimately what happens is God rejects him as king. He removes his anointing and gives it over to David. And then you look at the rest of Saul's life, and it is miserable. He's either tormented or he's jealous of David. And ultimately he ends, a really, he ends his life really badly. Now, that might not necessarily be how our lives turn out, but this just gives you a snapshot of what can happen when we live our lives on our own terms, when we think we know what's best and we ignore God's um, instructions for our lives. See, we can't fulfill our call on our own. He was a king, and he ended up having that all removed from him because he didn't listen and trust in God. Now let's go to someone who did it well, one of my favorite people in the Bible, Joshua. So we're gonna, um, so, He's taken over now from um, Moses. Moses has died, and he's now the new leader of the Israelites. And we're going to go to the story of Jericho, which is in chapter 6. So most of you guys know this story. We all were raised on it in Sunday school. The Lord says to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. So God gives very clear instructions to Joshua as well of how to defeat Jericho. He says, for seven days you will walk around, you and your fighting men and with the Ark of the Covenant and the priests, you will walk around. Every day you will walk around for seven days. And on the seventh day you will shout loudly, blow your trumpets, and the walls will come collapsing down. Now I don't know about you, but that's pretty out there. Like if, if someone, if God was to tell you that, like, man, you've got to give it to Joshua. You can see why he is so esteemed in the Bible, because that takes real trust, because he obeyed. Um, all the people and the animals were killed, um, except for Rahab and her, her family, they were spared, um, and all the wealthy articles were put into the Lord's treasury. See, Joshua obeyed, and I think that's one of the key things that we can take away from both of these stories, is trust and obedience. They go hand in hand. I believe that trust is an inward thing, so it's a decision that you make from inside to trust God, and obedience is your actions, is what you do on the outside, and they go together. And I believe that if we are going to be people who are allowing God's power to live through us, we need to be people who trust him and who are obedient to his word. See, obedience is the channel in which God works. And when we were at Youth Alive, there was a song that they sung, and one of the, um, the lyrics really stood out to me. It said, simple obedience changes the course of history. And I believe it's true. Everyone in the Bible that we know of um, who made significant change were people who were obedient. They were asked to do really crazy things, but they didn't trust in their own wisdom. They trusted in God, and they obeyed him. And thank, thank you so much to them for doing that. Jesus is obviously the most classic example of that. He trusted in God, and he obeyed God to the very end. And I want to encourage, if the band wants to come up, that would be amazing. I want to encourage slash challenge everyone here today. Only you know your walk with God, and that's between you and him. But I want to encourage everyone here today that if you can resonate with anything that um, has been said here this morning, if you feel like fear has been holding you back to the promises of God that he has for you, if you feel like there's an offense that you're holding on to, or perhaps you feel like, you know what, pride, that's, that's definitely me. I want to encourage it today, you can make things change. You don't have to leave this place feeling guilty because that's not what this is about. That's not what God is about. But he's a God that gives us free will to choose how we are going to live. Are we choosing him or are we not choosing him? Are we choosing his ways or our own ways? And I want to give you this opportunity today to, you know, to speak with God and to, to get things right with him. Don't wait until tomorrow. Do it now. Don't wait until you get home. Do it now. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. 
For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.